Hi, and welcome to Carbomb Podcast, episode 361, where none of us have an intro again because we never discuss this as we're recording. You didn't ask me. Emily, you didn't ask me. Uh, cool. what's your you intro? You didn't ask anyone. Uh, I think it's time for a theme song. <gasps> Efficient. I love it. Straight up to the point. Well, that was interesting. What? We need to start recording recording with the editor. He gets too yeah. much power. I I mean, I'm the host of this podcast. I have the power. But also mm. the more I edit mid podcast uh, the more work it is for me, because we are recording the Thursday before the Friday release, so I don't really get edit time tonight, but whatever. Can I ask a cool question? Mm-hmm. Can I take a poll? Can I take a poll of the group here? Uh, I know we talked about Chris having choppy sometimes. Is his voice also sometimes like speeding up in a very hilarious manner? Thank you, yeah. Emily. It's amazing. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, I hope like, the recording like the, is good. The but... trying... Well, I think it's the Discord call trying to catch up with when you skipped, but it plays yeah. it at like 1.2 times speed. And it's like... Yeah. <laughs> like pitch shift and I wonder if that is my internet it. because... That happens to me sometimes while I'm watching Netflix. Like, it will lag for a second and then just, like, hyperspeed catch up. You guys are hearing something janky, aren't you? (laughs) It literally was happening right as you were saying that. It's it's also good because you're your pitch increases too like it's actually well yeah once i get higher speed i'll get higher pitched i don't think any of this is going to get into the recording but i love your guys's reaction (laughs) i don't know what's happening i don't know Uh, what's going to happen to this episode if i'm just like it's uh, a shame because on audacity it should be fine yeah and it will be but uh Speaking of now Netflix, you have to edit it to make it faster in audacity. <laughs> yeah. Well, I might auto tune myself a couple times, but uh, it will be a fake effect that I haven't actually heard. Um, speaking of watching Netflix, though, I've yeah. recently been watching uh, Love, Death, and Robots. Uh, yes. so apparently, actually uh, started on season two, as I found out recently uh, with. Uh, talking about it with Jesse, but we've started watching season one. Have the rest of you watched most of it, or at least some of it? Season one. I have not seen any of it. I think you uh, should. More of them are good than are meh. I haven't seen a bad one yet. Uh, Love, Death, and Robots. Love, Death, and Robots. Thank it's you. an anthology show. Everyone is different. I don't know yet if it's doing like uh, a Black Mirror thing where they all actually start to line up, but I haven't seen any no, evidence yeah, to not. that yet. Probably not. It's all, it's all, um, all different animation studios, directors, and everything. So. But okay. uh, it's kind of reminding me of Animatrix, where everyone's like, here's your Vegas concept, just make a story. And every story in Animatrix is pretty disjointed and totally different styles. But um, do you guys have a favorite episode yet? Because I do, and I haven't even completed all of it. Beyond the Aquila Rift. 
Which one was that? Oh yeah, that was the I, like. I can't I don't know. I, no. I don't know. I can't explain it to you and not spoil it. Like how do you? No, how do you no. Okay, I know the. Uh, like it's the stasis travel and then the wake up and uh, yes, yeah, yes. Okay, yes. just because it, it reminds me, I, it's like that cosmic horror level shit, and it reminds me of, like the jaunt by Stephen King. You know. Yeah. Okay. My favorite one was Suits. That one's good. It, that's the, the like redneck farmers in mechs. Like that. Yeah. I was fair. just like the whole time I'm watching that. I'm just like, this is so fucking good. Like, I want a whole series based on that. I would love a whole series based on the uh, werewolf soldiers one. Yeah, that, that was, was really cool. good too. That ended just as it was getting oh, really yeah. interesting. Yeah. But same with suits. Uh, I, like, I these don't. These all sound really interesting. I'll I, I think you should up. check it out. I'm like, wow, out of context, this is amazing. Honestly, <laughs> season one. Smart yogurt. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Even that's good, though. Like, season one is. I'd narrated it's 18, by it's, Maurice LaMarche. It's 18 episodes. I think he did narrate that. That's right. He did his, like, uh, Orson yeah. Welles impression, didn't he? Oh, I love yeah. I didn't even realize. Of course that was him. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um, I want to rewatch that now. Season one. I can only think of, like, one or two mez, really. Like, season one's a pretty fucking banger. And then season two is, I'd say, 50-50. Yeah, I'm um, not through season two yet, but there's only two favorites, and that's... Mutant Santa and uh, Errant uh, Maintenance Droid. Oh, mm, I haven't gotten any farther than Errant Maintenance Droid, but those are two of my favorites. The Edge one was really good. Or Sunny's Edge. Yeah, yeah, Sunny's Edge. I like that one. Is that later season two? No, that's that's the um, monster fighting one. Oh yeah, that one. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I I like the twist at the end of that, which I'm obviously not going to spoil. I'm just lo- I'm just having the glazed over look on Emil's face. What are you saying? <laughs> oh, uh, I am. I was just wondering. Uh, none of you watch Handmaid's Tale, correct? Uh, no. no. Okay. But okay. it's Canadian. It's so. it's getting real. It's getting real. Hmm. I love it. So none of the Canadians watch it. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Apparently. American. I mean, we export all that content. Canadians don't watch Canadian I mean, content. Americans watch Canadian content more than Canadians fuck do. Fuck you. Yeah, Corner yeah. Gas and Trailer Park Boys is amazing. Jesse, I'm not a fan sorry. of either. Jesse, you should absolutely watch it because Canada is America's greatest ally. Canada is America's greatest ally. That's, you know what? That is correct. Tell me on that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's correct. Um, I, we must have explained that story, right? We can make that reference now. Yeah, really? yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. I think so. Uh, for anyone who didn't catch it previously uh when we were down at extra life united first time we got to be on the podcast uh 2019 um we uh we had uh one of our one of the guys who was on the trip uh got really drunk and started uh drunkenly blubbering to jesse about how much he loves Canada because Canada is America's greatest ally because apparently they sent some sort of like aid to the firefighters of 9-11 or something. Yeah. And I, that... I didn't really, there's a lot of like emotional 
bumbling, and I I really just understood that Canada is America's greatest ally because nine eleven was really my takeaway from that. <laughs> yeah, um, so. yeah, it's all a little vague in retrospect, but yeah. we we love joking about oh yeah, Canada, America's greatest ally. America's greatest ally, yeah. That's right. Um, the other thing I watched somewhat recently, I watched the movie Replicas. I don't know if you guys have seen any of that. It has Keanu Reeves in it. It sounds uh, familiar, it's a, it's but it's, I can't quite place it. It's, it's from a while. It's from a little bit ago, right? Uh, 2018, I think. Oh, I can double not. check. Um, you know what? Let me look it up. Uh, it was it was okay. There were definitely some things where I'm like, eh, I feel like they could have done a little bit better with this. That's but like was, the most stellar was, review for any enjoyable. movie or series. It was okay. It was <laughs> it was enjoyable. Uh, I didn't hate it. 2018 film. Yep. Okay. Speaking of something that was... Oof, oof. It has a $30 million budget and it made $9.3 million at the box office. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of something yeah. that's like at Like I said, best... it's, it's cool if you've got a subscription and you're just gonna like watch it for no additional cost. Right. I, you didn't miss out by not seeing it in theaters sort of a thing. In right, my right, opinion. right. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, speaking of something that was okay at best and that's a reluctant begrudging acceptance um during 2020 during uh a camping trip uh that jesse took with my wife and myself recently which we'll get into more later uh jesse found weird a just a random stop in greenwood bc the library was having oh. a book sale, and there was just, like, a bag of mystery books for, like, what was it, five bucks? And, like, five got bucks. a lot. There was actually a really good one. Uh, do you remember what the Redneck one was called? Um, My dog used to be a Redneck, but then I got him fixed or something yeah, like something that. Yeah, something like that. It just but turned out I to be... It turned out to... Pond. By Roger Pond. <laughs> yeah, it turned out to be uh, just a collection of short, like, two or three page stories, uh, just, like, of people submitting. I guess the author was, like, a columnist that did a redneck column in their newspaper. Uh, but we took turns around the campfire just reading these stories. They're actually, like, really hilarious and well-written and often poignant. But the other book... Of note, we found out that there is such thing as Minecraft novels, as in, like, fictional first-person narratives in the world of Minecraft. Uh, we Jacob, found, don't shake your head, it gets crazier. We found out uh, there was one called Minecraft, the island. Guess who we found out it was written by? Max Brooks. Like, World War Z, Max Brooks. <laughs> and I'm just like, what? It gets which, worse. Which, by the way, because, I, of, because, because of, just for timeline's sake, and someone's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. World War Z was written in 2005 or 2006. Minecraft did not exist at that point. So this man, after writing World it's not like he started with Minecraft and then went to other things. Yeah. He's like, I'm gonna write one of the greatest zombie pieces of fiction of all time. Also, <laughs> Minecraft has zombies in it. <laughs> But creepers. Uh, Are you sure? It's I'm just picturing all these creepers stacking. Oh, it is, on each it's, other. A, it's, it's the same. It credits him. In the start, okay. 
Okay. In the start of the fucking Minecraft book, it says other works by the author, and it recommends World War Z to, I'm assuming, children who are Oh, yeah, I, I, I'm going to get into, I've read this book now in its entirety. It is for children, probably like 8 to 10. Um, but I found out a few other things as I was looking into this book. I didn't, I, I might be late to the game here. I didn't realize this. I was looking into Max Brooks, son of Mel Brooks. Are you, are you like an idiot? the famous really? Mel Brooks? I didn't know that. Wow. I also found out there is an audiobook of I just read that right Minecraft now. <laughs> the Island. Guess who narrates it, Jesse? Uh, it's fucking Jack Black. Black. It's Jack Black. It's Jack Black narrates this <laughs> Minecraft book. Um, basically. Oh, yeah, The Mountain. I'm going to read it. I'll let you know how it is. You know who who does the audiobook for that one, Chris? No. Sean Astin. Yes. What? What is happening with life? But, um, so this book, it's basically a presumably regular human, based on several references in the book, just suddenly wakes up at the bottom of the ocean in Minecraft world, and they're just like, help, I'm underwater. They swim to the surface, and they're just like, weird, underwater, the sun looks square. Then they get to the surface, and it's just like, wow, the sun is square. Also, I'm square. Also, everything is squares. What is happening? And it's basically from there. So it's a human waking up in Minecraft world. Right. But basically the entire narrative of this book, because it is in first person, it's like... A whole book, short story, I would say, not full novel, because it is for kids and it's pretty wide print. Um, but it's basically a narrative of your first two hours of playing Minecraft if nobody's told you how to play. It's like this person just discovering how the world works and, like, figuring things out slowly and, like, Are making they, mistakes. Do, do they punch trees? Do they yeah. punch trees? Well, they punch trees oh and God. realize they can, and then wishing they had some way to uh, reach, and then realizing they can punch beyond their reach, and that's cool, and, like, discovering they... They sort of try to make narrative sense of the crafting mechanic, and it's a bit weird, but then you just roll with it, and it's like, yeah, crafting, it's a thing. Um, But, yeah, it's kind of all the things that they go through are basically all the things that happen in your first couple hours of playing Minecraft for the first time and figuring it all out. Uh, But also, like, the way I can tell mostly that it's geared towards children, probably 8 to 10, really the whole thing is trying to be a bunch of life lessons. Like, it's just going through, it's like, well, this is the lesson about, like, conserving and replenishing your resources as you use them up, because, like, he accidentally makes oak trees extinct because he burns the saplings because he's trying to find light. And it's like, I should have been more careful with that. And it's like, you know, (laughs) plan before you do actions and, like, conserve. And it's like, also, recklessness is bad and uh, revenge is bad. It's like, it's just trying to coach a bunch of life lessons. Don't punch a horse. uh, uh, Horses don't actually come up. Because uh, oh. he theorizes that horses exist <laughs> because he does like a mind dive and finds a chest with horse armor, and he tries it on the cow that his is his friend and the three sheep that are his friends, and it doesn't work on any of them. So he theorizes, I got to explore more because uh, horses exist somewhere. Because why would there be armor? 
Uh, and Why would there be cows near if there's the, not horses? Near the end, uh, it's him venturing off his island and presumably finding a mountain maybe, maybe based on like the sequel. Sort of, maybe there's some like legal situation where the Brooks family is no longer allowed to deal with horses in their fiction. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. That's that's that a but, that was a blazing saddles reference, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> where they punch a horse, and it is, I think, one of the last recorded instances of animal cruelty on set because everyone's like, maybe this is not what we should do. <laughs> yeah, directed but, by Mel yeah, This um, this book, weird, very weird, but I take out of uh, Sorry, yeah. morbid curiosity. I'm going to read the sequel. I'm going to try to find it at the library. Well, the sequel, the the, the sequel came out March second, this year. This year. Oh wow! You can make it an extra life uh, thing. Is uh, you get um, to read part yeah. of it. Yeah. I'm. Uh, yeah. Apparently, this is like this same protagonist gets more advanced, like. He learns the more advanced stuff like redstone and map making and stuff like that because he finds some books that explain it, which I guess you have to get there because you're not going to figure all that stuff out without learning it from something else. Uh, But he makes maps and everything and a compass and then starts to explore. And I guess the narrative of the second one is he finds another person and then they again with the life lessons uh two people that have survived solitarily have to learn to work together to survive and yeah oh more life lessons ensue so you learn about griefing <laughs> probably and not the man to but be i think that's i think <laughs> that's a uh a life lesson that we need to learn but jesse does he know about xp farming yeah yeah, Jesse. Does he uh, just make I, a one by one square and just beat the shit out of every spider that spawns in it? Like a madman. <laughs> uh, I I do want to get more into some of the other stuff we saw and discovered on our camping trip, but okay. So Jesse, here's the thing, Chris. No, no. I will say the camping trip's along. It's the only you and I that went on it on this podcast, and for the most part, it was just like a regular old camping trip. There is one mentionable thing that we found in Greenwood, though. A couple things in Greenwood, but what mentionable thing do you want to... So we're driving through Greenwood, which is self-proclaimed as BC's smallest town. It is. And there's a bunch of, like, old, abandoned... um... I would challenge that with Enderby. Nope, nope, you're wrong, (laughs) Matt. That's exactly what I was thinking. You're wrong, Matt. We can send you a video. Uh, As we were driving through one day, uh, we we went back the next day, by the way. Uh, we we, we walked. We wanted to walk Luna, the slag pile. Man, we never got wrong. to that. And walking the slag right. pile, unreal. And I highly recommend it. I'll go more into that later. Speaking of slag piles, but um, uh, Matt, like that we right. took a video to uh through the town of Greenwood. That video is like nine seconds long. Like I'm not joking. <laughs> yeah, there is actually uh, a place that. Uh, we have gone through in Michigan in the Upper Peninsula called Christmas, Michigan. Ooh. And it's the... And yes, there are giant like billboards of Santa and Mrs. Claus on either side of the town like as you drive through. There are approximately 25 houses 
a casino, and a post office that doubles as a general store. Okay, I'm pretty you, sure you drove through a Hallmark set. you see set. both signs from it, yeah. <laughs> it's like that, except it hasn't been kept up. Except for the casino looks like it's reasonably right. well, nice, yeah. but it's newer. So, um, But there are like 25 houses and okay. a post office and a general store. The general store does include a Christmas gift shop where they sell Aww. Christmas stuff all year round, apparently. So definitely Hallmark. I haven't been in, but... You know. Was there was there a campaign to save the post office because the big wigs at the casino were going to shut it down? <laughs> you know what? I'll I'll ask next time I'm yeah. there. <laughs> Jesse, uh, what did we both like? Jesse oh, was in his car, yeah. and then Jamie, my wife, and I uh, were in our car. What did we both see on our first pass through Greenwood? We were driving through Greenwood, and uh, to my left, there's like a an old like bakery, and like it's a really old west looking town, so like all the kind of buildings have like that old kind of brick saloonish type mm-hmm. look to them still it's it's definitely like a a mining town frontier town that didn't really update its buildings at the times because there's like six people that live in the city yeah one of these six people was in front of a building uh just just with her baps out just straight up just hanging out uh, uh she wasn't with, topless she was wearing a mesh shirt that was completely transparent yeah you're correct my bad uh, and she was doing a photo shoot uh, for what I can only assume was an OnlyFans because Chris, uh, using his weird pervy deduction skills, uh, realized that she was doing every photo twice, censored and uncensored with a cowboy hat. So there's but like a paywall this there, small clearly. town. There's just this woman doing a but nude photo shoot small, in the middle of the street. Smallest town no in BC. Caring. I loved it. tits out. Uh, like, there was her. like her and a photographer <laughs> uh, just taking topless pictures and and the funny thing is we were there in greenwood for a reason there's like the the historical thing about the town there was when the gold rush died out at least in that part of bc uh there was a town called phoenix that basically got abandoned it's like gold's gone fuck it and and this happens yeah, like all a, over during, like a company during the town. gold yeah. rush but then uh, it rose but, from the ashes. Uh, well, right. that town didn't. Uh, that town, in fact, uh, well, you'll find out. Um, after that... Funny you said that. Um, I've never realized how ironic the name is for yeah. town. <laughs> uh, after that, people discovered large amounts of copper in those same hills. And that was right around the copper boom. And basically, copper was gold at that time. And so they mined the fuck out of all those mountains uh, into a big copper smelter. Uh, then they had to, like, mining copper produces a lot of slag. They had to put the slag somewhere. In a pile. Well, here's a, here's a town that no one's using. And they literally fucking buried Phoenix, an entire town, in all of their slag. Like, this is a huge... This is a literal Gross. mountain of slag. And and so Amazing. what we did on that first day, uh, we went up to the actual smelter, which is, like, how high would you say that was, Jesse? Like, probably, like, 70, 80 feet, maybe? Like, it's a it was large... Like it was at least 10. Uh, yes, at least 10. Uh, it was a <laughs> large tower uh, part of the smelter. And basically... You can not legally, uh, but easy to break into because there's a hole in the fence that here's the thing. 
Not that both, we did. Not that we did. We we just looked at the hole in the fence. Yeah, That's what we did. But both the smelter with the big tower and the slag pile are both technically behind private property, no trespassing signs. However, tourism to those sites are what keep that town alive. Nobody's going to get after you. Um, but allegedly, I have heard some people may have gone through the fence into the smelter, which we didn't do. But the people that did do that uh, not only told me that it's pretty amazing to look up the uh, the center shoot and really get a vibe of the ring, like looking up from the bottom of a well, uh, but also looking down at where the slag poured. So they told me about that, and actually they shared some pictures of inside that tower with me, which is awesome. So I have some of those on my phone because uh, they were shared with me. Then also... Uh, these other people told me that they were looking down correct? from there to the slag pile. Um, Did you invite these people on the podcast, perchance? Actually, um, no, while we were there, uh, some other people <laughs> did tell Jamie and I about how to get to the slag pile, but we never really got around to it that day. Um, the next day, we kind of broke camp and went separate ways. Uh, Jesse was just going to go do, I don't know, some meditation by the lake or whatever. Uh, and Jamie and I, we weren't this sure. This went home. What... <laughs> I don't know you made it weird. I just went home. Yeah. Well, you said you were going out for a while. Um, but uh, I, like, we had all sorts of plans of what we were going to do the rest of the day. But then we were just like, you know what we really feel bad about not doing is we didn't go walk the slag pile. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm dismissing with obvious, uh, like, avoidance of guilt. Uh, yeah, we walked past the fence, which was easy enough to do, walked on the slag pile, and basically this is just a mountain, and it can't even be a hill. It's like a city-sized mountain of slag. It's just like... Walking along the top, they call it Hell's Bells because the disposal of the slag was put into, like, bell-shaped frames and, like, carted off and then just dumped on this pile. But this entire pile is... uh, It's huge, and it's made up entirely of these bells, and some of these bells are up on the top. And it's just... It's surreal. It's... I, I can't even, huh. uh, wow. like, walking along, like, looking at that, we're showing some photos on the stream right now, looking at that is one thing, that's the smokestack that uh, other people went into and told us about, uh, but walking on that slag pile is just like, it was a weird feeling, It it's like, you're walking along that, and then, oh, those people are getting in those bells. Bad idea. I wouldn't do that. I didn't do that. That's, like, that's not structurally sound. The first picture you showed, it's, you could see how long it stretches. Yeah, it's, like, it's literally, it buried a city. A it's, it's, it's that's just, incredible. it's mind-blowing. I would recommend anyone listening, uh, if you're anywhere near, like, a couple hours of Greenwood, do that. Because it was just, like, it was a weird, like, 
it was contesting thoughts in my head. On That's one hand, I was just those. like, such destructions, like, this this land will never, ever recover from this. It's like, even if you somehow found a way to remove all of that slag, which is, like, unimaginable how you would do that, all the shit that's leached into the ground because of that pile, it's just, like, I literally don't think that land can, in the foreseeable future, like, in the next two, three, four hundred years, will ever actually recover from that. And that's mind-blowing. But at the same time, while you're walking that pile, it, you look around and you see the city and the power lines stretching as far as you can see. And it's just like, would we have these without all that copper? It's just like, it's, I, I'm conflicted. I walk away conflicted because it's just like, yeah, we needed that, but was it worth it? But like, would we be okay without it? And it's just, it's just pretty like I don't know that kind of wrecked me a little bit walking along that and like just wrestling with those thoughts in my head it's like which way do I lean and honestly both it's like it's such devastation but it's also progress uh, so, so I'm really glad things, I went back there two things for you Chris the the first is that I'll have to uh, share some photos with you of places that I have definitely not been to. Um, and then secondly, uh, I think you would all be delighted to hear that there is a prequel to My Dog Used to Be a Redneck, but then we got him fixed. Oh, and it's yeah, called there's It's Hard to Look It's Hard to Look Cool When Your Car is Full of Sheep. Yep. That's uh we we looked into that, but I, okay. I haven't okay. looked at those other books, but uh, I do actually recommend at least the one book and presumably other collections of the same author. They're like hidden behind funny redneck shit. And yeah, we were laughing the entire time. But several times as we took turns reading these stories, we would just like finish up like, huh, like that's not actually dumb. Like there's some redneck wisdom. Uh, the memory I, can was one that stood out to me. I'm trying to remember what it was like, but it's like, well, it's like a like memory. Most people have like a memory vault. Yeah, but the memory vault, and it's just nice. like, well, here's the thing about a a memory vault is everything's all locked up, and uh, you know what I prefer is uh, put my memories inside a can because you know with a memory can you can. Uh, throw things in more easily and you can retrieve more easily and that's just it's a better way to live your life and it was that type of thing <laughs> i'm paraphrasing but it was better presented in the book uh but yes i did obnoxiously read that accent i don't know what the fuck that was i so, did obnoxiously we, read uh every single well, story that came my way in a different redneck accent most of them bad yeah sorry matt what were you saying Wait. I want to say I'm I'm glad that Chris had like a um in like a very like introspective experience in Greenwood because I'll be honest with you I didn't even know where Greenwood was in BC until I looked it up on a map here and I realized I actually drove through Greenwood once. Yep. <laughs> you probably looked and... at the tower and wondered, "Hey, that's kind of cool." No, I literally had no idea that I've been to Greenwood before until I looked at it on a map. You can see the tower from the highway. You were probably like nose deep in either a book or a 
smartphone depending on when you did that but i don't i was game boy i'm gonna go ahead and say i don't was i don't want to probably be dead i was the driver (laughs) oh okay (laughs) then you probably should have noticed it you should Uh, read and drive yeah here's here's another thing (laughs) no here's another thing working for um yeah one of my truckers companies but yeah like i i drove I drove to Grand Forks along that highway. Oh, okay. Right. Then, yeah, uh, you uh, you definitely went through yeah, there. I, um, yeah, like, I, the only thing I think of is, and I remember specifically was, again, being that I was driving, I was more interested in looking out for, like, deer on the road and stuff. Is there, like, a really long, like, stretch right after that there's, like, a big deer fence, like, a lot, like, both sides of the highway? I mean, there's deer fences yeah. everywhere yeah, in yeah, that yeah. area. But there is, yeah. Lots of cow catchers yeah. in that area as well annoying because you have to slow down to the speed limit when you're going over a cow catcher um one other thing about about greenwood (laughs) we were there i just going 100k on the highway i have to stop for a fucking cow catcher every 10 feet that'd be great yeah Yeah. just go to a fucking halt Um, (laughs) one other thing that really upset me and this is just more telling of myself than it is of greenwood this really upset me uh when we were there okay. so we went to greenwood intending to stop there uh then we were going to go onwards to jewel lake just a provincial park we were going to have lunch there uh jesse he was feeling a little bit hungry. He wanted to stop and get a snack. So we parted ways for a little bit. We were going to try to find the way to the tower. Jesse was going to stop for a snack. Then we realized as we parted ways, shit, we packed separately all the drinks are in Jesse's car. I want to have a drink while I'm exploring this uh, this smelter. Uh, I guess... Uh, whatever, let's just go to the nearest liquor store and find, like, a drink to have. It was Sunday in Greenwood. Greenwood has a liquor store. It's the government liquor store. It's closed on Sunday. The nearest liquor store was an hour away. And it was just like, I could never live here. It's just like, what the fuck? So our, our options for liquor stores was Grand Forks or a Soyuz. Well, that means nothing to Emily, but like that's oh. fucking insane. It's, it's like... <laughs> well, and, as, as I mentioned, I like I did drive from Kelowna, where these guys are situated, to Grand Forks. That's about a three to four hour drive. And it depends. Three and less traffic maybe. fucks you up. Sure. Well, how how many cattle... Catchers. How how, how yeah. was from Greenwood to Kelowna? Like two hours? About. I uh, think you can make hour, it in a couple hours. Rock Creek, two and a half, two and a half hours, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, hour to like hour and fifteen minute drive, whatever to get to Grand Forks, or yeah, you know, two hours, three, two hours back the other way. Now, how far from Grand Forks to Christmas? <laughs> uh, will you find that out? Uh, do we have any more about rural BC or uh, Greenwood? Are we going to talk about Enerby? Shut I mean, up! You can. Well, Shut the fuck up. Time to fame for a while. It was like the 
highest teen pregnancy rate or whatever in Canada or something. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> I don't know. So from Grand Forks to Christmas, um, it's not so bad. It's only about a 28-hour drive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you could make that However, in like three days if you're taking at however, least a as, minimal as, as a point of, of warning. As a point of warning, there is some construction in uh, Butte, Michigan, so or Butte, Montana. Sorry, so um, that might delay you a bit. Google Maps has warned me that there's, there's. I'm looking at a chart here that's like basically crossing the entire continent, like lengthwise, and right. there's one dot that's like, "Hey, there's construction here." <laughs> it's on the I-15 South. Oh my gosh! Classic. Yeah. I don't want to assume, but I am assuming uh, this next and last topic is yours, Emily. Yes, it absolutely is. Do you is. want to get into that, or uh, did you have other commentary on our rural redneck uh, Canadian lifestyle? Uh, I, the only last thing is I cannot wait to visit BC someday, and I am hoping that some of you will get to come out to Cleveland as well. Yes. Uh, I would so I love to. Honestly, I don't think there's a single state that I don't want to visit. I would just love to tour Idaho. the U.S., I was going to say Idaho. Idaho is cool. I mean, Idaho, I would like to drive through to get to somewhere interesting. In Idaho. Utah? Idaho Falls is awesome. Utah. Just... Utah it actually is probably worse than Idaho. Don't go to I, I, I want... Out. No, no. Time out. Everyone needs to fucking stop. Jacob just said something that everyone glazed over, which is I toured a nuclear facility in Idaho. What the fuck does that mean? It, it was just follow. like this... Okay, though... The whole drive, we're just seeing, like, don't trespassing, no trespassing, like, all these nuclear signs, everything. And then finally we see, like, oh, there's sort of, like, a touristy thing at the nuclear. So we, we went to go see a missile silo tourist center, and then we went to this old nuclear science center that was part of the nuclear facility. And there were, our tour guide was a Russian chick, and I'm just like, <laughs> you a spy? You a spy? <laughs> That's pretty great. But it, it, was, blown. it was cool. I know, interesting. <laughs> Plus, their um, their capital. Uh, there's like a really cool Egyptian theater, like movie theater there in the capital, and then their capital building looks like every other capital building, but so cool. Also, yeah. Uh, so I just really need to find that because you you suddenly just threw that out, and everyone just glared, just just I didn't glided it. past it. Yeah, exactly. I got to see some Minutemen missiles. Oh. But also, I actually really want to go to Utah because a good personal friend of mine, but also a friend of the podcast, uh, Nomadic, currently living in Utah, and I yeah. would actually really like to meet him at one point. So, See, I want, I want to go because I'm thinking about becoming Mormon, so there's that. <laughs> you don't have to go there to become Mormon. No, you do. No, you don't have to go there to become Mormon, but you do have <laughs> to go there to Hold get on, your Emily, special underwear. What did you just say? I said it's like Mecca, but for oh, okay. Mormons. I thought, you said, I thought you said the joke that was in my head, which was like, it's like Wakanda, where if you want to become the Black Panther, you have to go to Utah. You have oh to fight L. Ron Hubbard. That's yeah. yeah, and then they make you eat a flower, and then ta-da, you're Mormon, and you get a little pocket protector. And special underwear. All yes. right, so, uh, yeah, the story, yeah, story I was going to tell here is uh, I was... Uh, reminded by a news article recently that it has been 35 years since uh, a Cleveland event that turned disastrous, and that is Balloon Fest 1986. Uh, so I was two years old. The, uh, the United Way 
mm-hmm. uh, put on a charity event um, in, in Cleveland to uh, bring awareness to uh, poverty, essentially. Uh, at the time, Cleveland was economically rebounding, so it was also kind of in part a celebration. Uh, and they wanted to break the Guinness World Record for the amount of balloons released at Oof. one time. This previous could only year, end badly. Previous year, uh, Walt Disneyland uh, had released a million balloons in honor of what would have been Walt Disney's 84th birthday. So Cleveland was like, well, we got to one-up that. Can I, say, gonna... can I say a couple things? First of all, okay. if, if your thoughts are a million, I can do better than that. You're setting yourself up for trouble. Also, oh, if your thoughts are... I'm going to one-up those Disney fuckers. It's like, no, you're destined to failure. You're not going to. Anyway. So anyways. Sorry. They will buy all the balloon companies. Yes. So they said, we're going to go ahead, we're going to release one and a half million balloons. Okay. That's so, a fair escalation. Right. We're, so, we're talking about, like, like little inflatable balloons, not Like helium balloons, balloons, or? I guess. Yeah, yeah million and a half like, hot air balloons. Like, Party balloons, like okay. you know, regular regular balloons. So they, <laughs> so I mean, yeah, valid. Uh, so we're you gonna have, have million 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 hot, hot air balloons. The fucking space so, alone. I mean, that's so more than much more hundred thousand. Okay. So more than a hundred thousand people showed up downtown to witness this event, including there were thousands of people who showed up as volunteers just to uh, fill the balloons and and run the event. Um, And then, so they ran into their first snag, which was that the weather was not looking great. Um, The previous night, there had been a big storm. And so they said, uh, you know, you know what? It looks like the weather's going to be bad later. So we're going to, like, bring the time that we're planning to do it forward. So we're going to launch earlier. Mm. So they went ahead and they launched earlier. And I'll see if I can read some excerpts from this uh, this article. Uh, oh, and it was also mentioned that at the time, the thinking about environmental impact was different and people thought the balloons would reach an altitude where they popped and disintegrated. Um, Yeah, so that was that. That would happen. Uh, So, rather than cancel the event, organizers decided to launch the balloons earlier than planned, just before 2 p.m. At first, the launch seemed successful. Um, It was unbelievable. It was a great sight. People were cheering. Everybody was happy. But then uh, things began to suddenly change. Um, 1.5 million colorful balloons began plummeting back down to ground. Um, We drove down the shoreway, and it was like a multicolored river down the road. Motorists were running into each other, running into fences. Um, The Burke Lakefront Airport, which is the airport that's like right by the lake, was such a mess that the runway was entirely covered with balloons. 
and they had to temporarily shut down and bring in a bulldozer to get rid of the balloons. That is catastrophic uh, at an airport. And then... I'm and then like turn one of the jet shit. Yeah, I will play. I will stream a video to you, and I recommend the people at home also uh, look it up. Uh, but uh, the other thing was that um, the previous night, when there was the big storm before the night before the balloon launch, there were two fishermen that hadn't returned to shore, and the mm. morning of the balloon launch. Their boat washed up on shore, but the men were still not found. So they had both boats and helicopters looking for these guys on the lake. And then all these balloons rained down. uh... So the helicopter can't see crap because there's just balloons everywhere in their way. And even the people in the boat said they're like, the balloons looked like heads in the water. So it was like searching through a million heads. It was like, where's Waldo of, like, rescuing fishermen? Like, bombing for fishermen. Right. And they never found the guys. And in fact, the United Way and the balloon co- company uh, received a lawsuit over it and settled out of court. Um, and then I should also say that... Uh, okay, here was the other lawsuit, which was also great. The owner of some prized horses that were injured after being spooked by the balloons also settled a lawsuit out of out of uh out of court. So yeah. Um and you know, understandably, like they may not have found the fishermen, but at least there would have been a better chance to have mm-hmm. found them if they were still alive. Um I feel like this shouldn't have happened because like it's not this was eighty six, you said? Yes, 1986. Yeah. They should have already known better than to launch something into the air. Yeah. Because in January of 1986... Uh, <laughs> does anyone know what I'm referencing here? Uh, you know what? That was the 10th flight of the Challenger. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Alright, so I'm going to turn down... a great year for America throwing shit into the sky. Right. I'm going to turn down the volume on this uh, just because it's kind of loud. But yeah, here's here's the video from Balloon Fest 86. I like these these unknowing (laughs) terrorists. (laughs) And you know, they had this giant net, so people would just fill them and they just let them float up into this giant net. There's a statue. Looks fucking cool. Yeah. Statue of Moses Cleveland right in the center there. Mo- There's a man named Moses Cleveland? That's amazing. Yeah, he's the guy who invented Cleveland. Oh. <laughs> what a silly. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, look, that lady's happy. Right. Yeah, so so here's the actual balloon launch when they start, you know, releasing the uh, the netting. I didn't know oh, God. a meteorologist. This looks like the, the, like, climax of, like, an Avengers movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, release Now, the this is an Avengers movie. Yeah. So, oh I mean, God. the areas where it's, dis- you know, disperse, like, where it's, you know, it's not quite as bad, but, like, you know, planes and helicopters and people looking for missing fishermen and people on highways who are now being, like, bombarded with all these balloons. This was out. Oh, oh there's Uncle Sam. He's yeah. fleeing the scene. He's <laughs> 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 like, I had nothing to do with He's this. I'm out of here. Yeah. Yeah. 
Wow, that's so. nuts. That is, it looks like just weather. Like, it looks like there's just, right. like, 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 like kind of smoggy clouds. Cloud of right. light. What's like a, like, looks like a, like a cloud of Agent Orange or something. Everybody, run for your lives. It's the swarm. <laughs> It just, so, it just yeah, that, orange. Like, I don't know if there's oh, more yay. orange. So that was the story of Balloonfest 86 and the absolute disaster that it turned into. That's, so, that's this year, two million balloons? <laughs> no, no, we got uh, three oh, million. I, sh- I should also note that the Guinness World Record no longer has that category because of Balloon Fest 86. Right. They were like, we're not encouraging people to do this again. That sounds about right. Yeah, so. I'm just I'm just reading up on this. I mean there's there's some interesting like like good things came out of here. Like I guess um I'm just reading children children sold sponsorships to benefit United Way at the price of one dollar for every two balloons. So assuming they hit those goals, like that's it's a decent amount of money raised in 1986, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, like there, there. It was meant to be a very positive thing, and I'm sure that there were still positive things that came out of it. Yeah. Um, but although it is a little sad, also when I think about the fact that um, not only just that they may have stopped them from finding the fishermen, but a, how much of the money raised was negated by having to right. pay out on lawsuits <laughs> at the same time. Yeah, um, yeah, you know what, fair enough. That probably was a net zero day. <laughs> if not a loss. Right, yeah. Right. So, J- Jacob's being attacked Jacob, by a candy cane. Yeah. Balloon. Or attacking as us with a candy cane. Now, now, here's a fascinating thing, right? We're at 50 minutes here, and people might have noticed a void of, of interruption of the podcast. Chris has left, and I don't know where he went. <laughs> Oh, oh god, he's back. Chris has um, returned. Okay, thanks for well, watching anyways. everyone. That's the ep- I'm just kidding, Chris. <laughs> Enough about Chris. Yeah. You missed a crazy video about Balloon Fest, my friend. I I, yeah, I will look it up. I just ago. I just had other stuff come up, so No, he had to poop. Gotcha. No. <laughs> anyway. Okay, I mean, anyway. Are we done though? We can, are we done though? We can edit it out. Um so. I I did have one more question. Jesse, how is Mass Effect Remaster treating you? Like, any further thoughts on, like, is this worth it? Or is this just kind of like a paint job and no... no, no. no. So, this is... The only way I'd say the remake is worth it is two reasons. If you've never played Mass Effect before, best way to do it. Okay. Um, It polished a few things, like the leveling system in one's a little cleaner... Um, it's still like the the stats thing, but they there's you can now choose to double up your levels instead of like instead of being level one to sixty, you can just do one to thirty. It's the same progress, but it just it, it's a little bit more streamlined. You're not having to like okay. level up every five fucking minutes. Um, uh, Mako still sucks a tremendous dong. Um, that was your biggest complaint other... during our camping trip. Is the Mako? It's just like it blew your mind how little it changed. <laughs> yeah, I, I will say. Depending, because they did announce that they're doing another Mass Effect game, and it seems like they're trying to go back to this storyline, like with specifically we know Liara is in it, and that's it. I'm guessing they put this out on the current systems so that you could import your saves into the next one. Yeah, because that makes sense. Um, 
so I'm I'm guessing that I'm I'm going through and I'm like I'm going for achievements, but what I usually do is I have one playthrough where I play honestly, and then I have one that's my cleanup one, who I just name Achievement Shepherd, um, <laughs> and that is my Fem Shep, and she is fantastic. She's done. She's never failed me. Um, I, cleaning up I do. I do a male Shep, honestly, yeah. but for both, I don't really worry about achievements, but I just want to experience everything the game has to offer me. So I do a Paragon run as male Shep. And a renegade run as femship. I don't know why I've decided that, but I like I it say, better. I'm, I'm going through because I'm pretty sure they want you to import your save. I'm going through and I'm trying to repeat as many of the things I did the first time I went through the trilogy without knowing. And like, there's moments in, in Mass Effect 1 where I'm like, I know there's an easier way to do this, but I didn't do it last time. So now I got to do yep. it this way. That's what I'm going like, to do like the, if I get a chance to yeah. play it. I can't afford it right now. Uh, theoretically, Jesse... Okay. If yeah, Christopher, if somebody, once you're done with it, had your Xbox account saved on their own personal console, uh, is this exclusive to Series X or is it available on the one? Know. You know, asking for a friend. It's available, on, it's available on the one. Okay. You know, if this person wanted to hijack your account and play the game on that, I would let them know that it is doable. Thank you. Who the fuck's this person? Is this who's going into the fucking slag piles? Who is this? I don't like this person. That's, that's <laughs> this, this person is absolutely trespassing They're in trespassing? Greenwood, BC. They're stealing my They're games? They're stealing your games. Uh, They're launching they, balloons? They're they probably, I was just going to say, they probably caused this balloon disaster. Is, this, Chris, is it Moses Cleveland? Is that who's doing this? <laughs> I don't understand that reference. Oh, you were God for that. Okay. No, he, it absolutely is Moses Cleveland. He just won't tell us. Yeah. He's actually not dead, he's just covered in slag and posing as a statue, and then he, at <laughs> night he creeps down and runs around, causing mischief. <laughs> oh, wow. man. Sick elf in a shelf to Cleveland on a... Steveland. I don't know. I, I really... <laughs> you, you, went, you went in, like, strong and bold, and then you were just yeah. like, oh, shit, I got nothing. Like, yeah. I mean, what rhymes with Cleveland? Let's look up what rhymes with Cleveland. <laughs> um, I mean, Steveland, if a guy named Steve, like, like you said, um, paved land. What rhymes with no? Uh, I mean, I'm supposed to be the guy that loves Ooh, rhymes. Two two hundred forty one best rhymes for Cleveland from the urban. <laughs> this <laughs> no. Uh, what do you this got? Is not good. Finish it's up the episode, of, like, please. Towards... One of them just says cunt. <laughs> <laughs> what? Why? Oh, I'm not a friend <laughs> that just doesn't make sense. We said we said rhymes, not synonyms. <laughs> Look at that. Just right there, just dead center. What? <laughs> Cunt. None of these are right. Yeah. No, but it says like. Yup. Like, okay, no, all these it, things. I, I do a Google search too, and it's showing like. If you're using just the last syllable, then it's like oh, two okay. or two syllable. Cleveland, three Greenland, three Cleveland, decent, Cleveland, weekend. Zealand. Okay, I'm Zealand. seeing the two All syllables better. Disobedience apparently rhymes with Cleveland. England. Yeah, a few. I yeah, no, I don't like any of the three syllable ones. The two syllable ones are best because Cleveland <laughs> is two syllables. <laughs> Number five. 
Number five is great. Disobedient. disobedient. People from Cleveland yeah. are disobedient. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. work. Nope. I don't like it. Anyways. <laughs> I guess that's a podcast. Uh, thanks, guys. You know what it's uh, time for, Chris? What is it time it's for? Time for the, it's time for the outro. Three, two, one. Dipstick, trash bag, shatterproof glass. Jailpipe tread like recent chrome. Front bumper, universal bearing, aerial brake shoe, shock absorber. Fireball. Pond. Pond.